0: Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and
1: shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us.
0: Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share light-hearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Hello and welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Today we are diving into the topic all about asking for help. Um, because if you're anything like me, it feels deeply uncomfortable to do that. And uh we're going to sort of discover a little bit of why that is and you know ways to perhaps make it slightly easier. But before we go ahead and do all of that deliciousness, Erin, how are you, my friend? Are you well?
1: I am well, thanks. You know, definitely feeling the uh feeling the vibes of the full moon this week, I think. Um obviously we're recording in the week of the full moon and uh yeah, the fiery Sagittarius super full moon is kicking a few asses and taking numbers. And I think I'm probably one of them. So yeah, feeling pretty good apart from that. Excited for this topic and excited to talk about the things that come up around asking for help because it's definitely something that I have struggled with for a long time um, and still struggle with at times uh, more than I would like to admit, but enough that you remind me. So um, yeah, I'm excited. How are you? yeah no I'm good um
0: we are busy with the girls at the moment it's sort of school and preschool and just sort of a bit of a juggle with everything but um yeah yeah, life basically (laughs) um but but it's great um Phoebe turns three in a couple of weeks and a I'd forgotten how irritating three-year-olds are with their need to do everything themselves and their knowing everything um and just pure stubbornness I don't know where she gets it from honestly um but at the same time she's is just absolutely delightful as well. So it's sort of this uh, roller coaster of emotions with a uh, frustration of, would you just listen to me? to Oh, aren't you so cute? So uh, yeah, we're, we're managing that at the moment along with, um you know, older sibling who loves little sister, hates little sister, loves little sister. um So yeah. I want to tell oh. you that all of that gets
1: better, but it would be a lie. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> like you, what you just described in Phoebe is pretty much my seven-year-old and my 10-year-old. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I want to tell you that it gets better, but um, yeah, parenting is always that kind of ride for every time that you think you've got it nailed. They prove that actually you don't. And uh, But, the, you know, it, it, as as much as they can be this most frustrating cause of angst in the household, hey, like they can flip that on a dime and they do. And uh yeah, that that for me is the frustrating part. I'm like, I want to be really cross with you, but gosh it, you're cute. Yeah. Like, well,
0: Phoebe's has got her phrase of fine, absolutely down pat. I mean she could be a teenager with it. It's like, yeah, Phoebe, could you go and do that? And you yeah, know, she'll throw a bit of a strop at Phoebe, could you just go and do that? Fine. I'm <laughs> like, oh man. You're saying that already. So uh, yeah, that's been that's been good fun. And you know, it is challenging, you know, having little people. It's certainly, you know, making time for for Matt and I to actually, you know, have quality um, you know, conversations that don't involve, you know, what are we cooking for dinner? Are you okay to pick the girls up? Um, etc. 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 has been something that we've had to be really aware of and make time for each other um, because otherwise it's really easy to get into that sort of um, space where you're just like all you're doing is ships passing in the night and just discussing the children and actually that's not great for relationships so we're we're being uh, making concerted effort to actually like hang out and you know to tie it back to the, the topic that we're talking about I'm incredibly lucky to have friends locally who I can actually ask for help and say You know, would you mind just looking after the girls for a couple of hours so you know, Matt and I can actually you know go to the cinema or we can go out for for a bite to eat or go out for a drink and and that has been something that I have had to put my big girl pants on a little bit and actually be willing to be a bit vulnerable and say. You know, can you help? Would you mind? Because it feels deeply uncomfortable to do that because I should be able to manage everything. Come on. I mean, yeah. you'll have listened to our mental load conversation last week about holding on to everything. And actually asking for help is kind of that that next step, being able to actually say it would be really helpful if you could do that. Um, yeah, it feels uncomfortable, but is so incredibly helpful if you can learn to do it. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a good lesson at the moment to make sure that, you know, a the the tribe that that we have around us are the sort of people who I feel comfortable asking for help and getting that support from Um, and I feel very lucky and deeply honored to have those people in my life who actually are so willing to offer the help before I necessarily even ask for it that I don't always have to go for the awkward um you know please can you help me conversation
1: (laughs) yeah 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 so I I just want to like this is going to be a little bit weird for both of us probably, but I just want to ask the question, um, and it's with my work hat on, which looks remarkably similar to the hat I was wearing a a minute ago. When you think about asking for help, what does that feel like energetically for you?
0: That's such a great question, isn't it? Um, To begin with, there's a sort of slightly, um, it's almost a slightly contracted feeling um, that I can't do it like the first story that I tell myself when I need help is that I can't do it. So that says X, Y, and Z about me. That's the piece I've got a lot better
1: at dealing with. So, so you can't do the thing rather than asking for help. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Right.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the help bit, almost like the asking for help is it's not so much the asking for the help, it's the implication of what asking for so that's help So it's the admitting
1: means. that something isn't possible for you.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's admitting that I'm not superwoman, I guess is probably... Um what it comes down to, um it's admitting the fact that actually I haven't got everything completely sorted, and I need a bit of help, and it's that story that that bothers me rather than the, the and it's not even what they would think it's all about like my stories in that, whereas I know mm-hmm. for some people they would struggle to ask for help because they would be worried about what the other person would think um so I think it's really yeah, it's a really good question so what it's so you? it's
1: contracted energy when yeah. you're so just to follow on from that then when you um when you ask for help and you receive it what does that feel like that
0: feels expansive and great like it felt like once I actually ask for it and they help and then the, it makes space to do this the stuff that I couldn't do otherwise mm-hmm. whether that is simply you know going for a drink with my husband or with you know girlfriends or whether it's you know helping put a piece together for the website or what whatever it is as soon as i've got over that contracted oh god i've got to ask for help ask for help the feeling is much like is much more expansive and open to to possibility so it's kind of it's that whole like when we're stuck in our comfort zone you know you sort of stay there but as soon as you, it feels really uncomfortable to get out of it but as soon as you're out of it you know it's it's better mm. so it's kind of like you have to feel that uncomfortableness and push through it and do it anyway isn't it interesting
1: that that even knowing that even knowing that the result is that expensive thing that we still avoid it Mm.
0: well it's that the stories we've been telling ourselves we've been oh, for me I've been telling them for you know a good 40 years so they are pretty ingrained into me and I I always remember um, a time and I may have shared this story before it was um, a number of years ago before I came to New Zealand actually and there was A situation that was not particularly fun and I'd been left feeling very very hurt very let down and very um embarrassed I think actually about the about what had happened you know I felt like um I had been you know I think that all all of the the emotions were there and I remember talking to to some friends of mine and they were just like And I and I actually said, I feel awful. You know, this is just this is how I feel at the moment. I just I don't know what to do. I feel really let down by um, a particular guy. And they rallied around me and they supported me and they were incredible and they were kind and they were loving and they were they were amazing. And I just remember feeling so grateful to the fact that I'd admitted it. And I spoke to a friend after, you know, a couple of months afterwards and I said, you know, I'm so grateful for the support you guys gave me because it was a really tough time. She was like, Els, you spend your life looking after everybody else. You spend, you always put yourself out to to help others, to put other people first. For us, it was such a joy that you allowed us to help you. And it was just a real moment for me of realisation that actually – When we do help others, we feel so good. Like that feeling of contribution, that feeling of helping um, is something I think everybody knows that feeling of of doing something for somebody else. And yet by not asking people to help us, we're actually not allowing them to have that feeling. And yet we want that feeling all the time. So for me, it was a realisation that as uncomfortable as it might make me feel asking for help, A, I will feel a lot better afterwards, but it's also giving people I love and care about the opportunity to have that like warm, fuzzy, nice feeling of being able to make a difference. Because there is something lovely about doing that when you can can help somebody. Yeah. So I think that was something that you know it was it was through an actual experience that I realised it was I I remember it so well. Um, my friend Sarah saying to me, you know, it's it's being able to help you is an absolute pleasure and. Yeah, I think that's something we probably need to remember a little bit more when we're stuck in that I don't want to ask for help phase.
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting because um, I think the asking for help piece um, a lot of the time offers us the opportunity of self sabotage as well, right? Mm -hmm. So if we look for evidence to support the story that we're telling ourselves, like we're not worthy of being helped. Um, or we're not worthy of someone else prioritizing us, um, then often how we ask the question is um, is part of is like the key part of in creating the evidence that supports that story. So if we go into something, if I was to say to you, um, you know with the viewpoint that I'm not worthy of you giving up your time. If I was to say to you, hey, Ellie, I really need help with this, but you know it's not super important. So if you don't have time today, it's totally fine. Um, like I've already given you permission to prioritize it lower because I'm telling you it's a lower priority, right? But actually that thing might be the highest priority I have and I'm just minimizing it because I don't want to put you out or because I don't feel worthy of you giving me your time above everything else in your life. And I've told myself a story about what your priorities are without giving you the opportunity to actually decide for yourself. So I've disempowered you in the situation. I've minimized myself in the situation and I've completely sabotaged the opportunity for me to get the help that I desire.
0: Well, what you've done as well is you've created an opportunity for somebody not to help you. So you've kind of got it into, you've stopped yourself from feeling hurt or upset or any of the feelings if they can't help you. Mm. Because even if, you know, the the reason they couldn't help was completely valid and, you know, it wasn't, there was nothing about you in why they couldn't do it. They just simply couldn't do it. The story you would then tell yourself, oh God, I put them out. I I shouldn't have asked them. I, you know, I feel embarrassed that I did this and they weren't able to. And we sort of make it all about us that actually, you know, we're not good enough and we're not worthy of it, as you were saying. But so we kind of like, temper it in it's like that if I already tell myself it's not that important then I won't be so upset if they can't help me because I've already kind of set it up yeah Um, does that make sense yeah
1: yeah totally does and I think that's something that um, is a real indicator for me of how how my relationship with my self-worth is um, and, you know, that's a, a fairly fluid sort of relationship for most people. I think, um, you know, we all go through patches where we feel really deeply unworthy. And then we go through patches where we feel really worthy of what we want. And, um, and it is very fluid and it, you know, for every layer that we uncover, um, it will move and shift and all of those things. And, and so I guess for me, like the question I have for you with your coach hat on and with your alley hat on, cause those are kind of inseparable. and. Both awesome um is if I was someone who was deeply uncomfortable with asking for help all the time what is the first thing that I should do in your view um to gather the evidence that I can do it or that I'm worthy of it or whatever it is that I'm telling myself, like, what's what's the first thing that I can do to start asking for the help that I desire or need? Uh, that's a great question.
0: And to be perfectly honest, if you're in the space where you haven't asked for help for a really long time, because you have been so um, stuck in the, the space of not, of not asking and just coping, um, it, it is quite difficult because you are trying to find evidence that might not necessarily be really easy to find so the first step is to actually go back through through life you know go back as far as you need to to find that example of when somebody has helped you and it doesn't necessarily mean that you've asked for the help but you've had help from other people so that you can actually start to connect in with what that felt like um, in terms of being able to not be on your own within all of it Um, so that's one way to start looking at it so it's kind of taking um, you're not looking for precise evidence you're just looking for kind of anecdotal um, experiences that you could actually use to build that evidence if you wanted to if you sort of just change the way you, you looked at it and then it's also to really think about how you feel when help you help others as I said many of us and I well, I'd say most of us feel really good when we're able to to help somebody even if it's you know just helping somebody you know load their car up in the car park because they look like they're struggling like that feeling is really nice so I'd actually encourage you to start doing some of those things so if you see an opportunity to help others if you see just a little you know just a moment to help somebody do it to remind yourself about how good you feel when you do it because then you're actually starting to remember the feelings that you have and know that others have it as well so that when it comes to that, that time, that opportunity to ask for help, you can actually you remember those experiences where people have helped you in the past and it's made your life easier and things have been better. But you've also got that actually when you help people, it feels really nice. And I like, you know, so and so. I like them to feel nice. I would like them to. So actually by asking for their help, it's providing them that opportunity to feel like that. But at the same time, if they're not able to. That's not about me. It's about it's about them. So, you know, it's it's kind of just being really conscious, I suppose, with your thoughts about it all. And just notice the stories you tell yourself. Like, why? Why don't you ask for help? What does it mean if somebody doesn't help you or what does it mean if you ask for help? Does it mean you're a failure? Does it mean you're not good enough? Does it mean you're not worthy? Like, what is your pattern of self-sabotage? What is your pattern of negative talk around that? Because then you can start to unpick it and, and change the way it is. But it takes conscious thinking. Like we can't just, you know, make the decision to, to think differently. We have to be conscious and then we have to practice it and we have to do it over and over again. So, um, I think that's, those would probably be the starting point. So yeah, finding that evidence, um, in the past and then just, just doing some nice things, even just really little things that, you know, picking up some litter when you see it on the floor, like even something like that feels good because you're, you're doing something. Um you know, for the greater good and um and that starts to build that that feeling that connection to the feeling of 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 being yeah of being there for more than just you um because I think that's probably one of the things. Does that answer your question
1: um yeah, I think it does. I think like the um you know for me, probably the advice would be to start with something small and relatively insignificant in terms of asking for help, so um. You know, if it, if it's something that you would like your partner to do, for example, um, but at the end of the day, the world isn't going to end if they don't do it. Um, ask them ask them for help on that, and just say, look, it would be really helpful for me if you could do this one thing. Um, that's probably the way that I started asking for help was to start with little things um, that I didn't then go into a self-worth spiral around um, like it wasn't about me. Um, But the other thing I think is that energy behind it, right? Like when we go into, um, into something where we start to immediately justify why they don't have to help us or why it's not important or any of that sort of stuff, like the energy that we're sending with that request is not a nice energy for them to take. They don't want to pick that up. Right. Like if you think about it as cupcakes, for example, right? It's like if I'm going to ask someone for help and I'm going to offer them a cupcake in return, I'm not going to take the crappiest, burnt, not iced, like little hard, dense cupcake. I'm going to take the biggest, fluffiest one with the nicest icing and all of that sort of stuff. And so that's how my energy needs to be. It needs to be that energy of, like you know it's really light and it's really easy and it's really nice and that sort of stuff and so thinking about your conscious like being conscious of your energy when you're approaching people for help I think is also really important because the last thing that you want to do is disempower them um, or yourself ultimately you want to go into it in the space of I'm asking for help on something practical if that isn't able to be served by this person that is about them, not me. And I'm going to ask from a place of love. And I'm going to ask that they receive that with love and, and just, you can't control what they do. You can't control their 50% of the situation, right? So all we can do is approach it with like, ask the universe, ask your spirit guides, ask whoever to support you. And saying to this person, look, I'm feeling really vulnerable about asking, Um, you know, I don't ask for help often, so therefore it must be really important for me to ask. Um, If you can't help me, I accept that, Um, but I have to ask you anyway. Right. And it's just a different kind of energy than going into it, telling ourselves all the stories about, well, if they can't do it, then, you know, there must be something more important. And so that says something about myself, you know, my value in the world and all of that stuff. And and yeah, it kind of spirals out of control and and can really change not just how you feel about asking for help that time or the future, but I think it can change the way that you approach the thing you are asking for help as well. And that's really unhelpful.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing that another angle to kind of look at it as well is that when, if we never ask for help, if we're never putting ourselves in that situation, we're doing everything ourselves, that is what our children will grow up witnessing. They will witness that, you know, mum never, never asked for help. She did everything on her own, which means that we're then setting that up as what they're going to do though. Because, you know kids will do what they see not not you know what we'd like them to they're, they're going to very much copy the, our behaviors so if we're not seen to be you know being vulnerable and asking for help and asking for support they're going to believe that that's what they have to do as well and and I don't think any of us would want our children to be in that situation so actually you know if you're struggling to do it for you then think about what is the what do you want your children to to grow up and do, and and we have this conversation a lot in our household about behaviours and about um you know the way that that things sort of map out and flow is like actually is that a behaviour that we want our children to embrace or not? Because if it isn't, then we have to make sure that we are not living it and we are not having people in our lives who have that behaviour. And it comes down to exactly the same with asking for help. If we're never showing asking for help is okay, they're never going to do it. So I think. know if you are struggling to do it for you just think about the people around you like that legacy that example that you're setting being open to to having support and help is is so important so use that as your motivator almost until you get into it because actually we have to be setting a better example like i you know my mum would always just do everything like she would always do everything just like her mother always did everything and actually, we have to be okay with saying that. Actually, you know Sometimes you do need a bit of help, and it's okay to ask for it. Um, and that's us breaking the chain for the next generations down. And um, particularly if you have daughters, I think it's probably even more so because there is that societal conditioning around, you know, girls doing everything and being in charge of, you know, holding everything together and not asking for help. So you know, I do think that that it's something that's really important to do it from that that angle as well.
1: Yeah, I just. I- I do want to challenge that a little bit, not that we're, you know, that we need to show like model for our children, um, but that perhaps our our mothers did everything and their mothers did everything. And I'm not so sure that that was true for them. Um, It was what we see and it's what we saw at the time. But like, I look back at my mum as an example. And so, you know, my mum, she had, Um, three children I was the eldest she was 25 when she had me by the time she was 30 she had three children Um, and I remember I don't remember her asking for help I don't remember a lot of you know I need help with this or any of that sort of stuff but I look at her life and my dad cooked dinner most nights my grandmothers both of them were very present in our home my auntie who is only 10 years older than me used to come and stay in the school holidays and look after us and I, I can't now as a parent and as a woman I actually can't look back at that and say she didn't ask for help because maybe she did I mean maybe it was just served Um, And maybe she didn't need to ask for help, but I kind of look at it and I think actually in some way, she must have let people know that there was a need for help, but I don't think she necessarily modeled that as a behavior for us. And so that's the, like the next step almost. And that's the thing that I think we need to be better at is actually modeling it for our children and asking them for help, letting them know that they're contributing members of the household. Because I think when your children are older, they're going to be able to look back and say, actually, I don't necessarily remember mum asking her friends for help, but they looked after us so mum could go out with dad. So Mm. she must have asked for help. Like it's that unseen layer, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I hear what you're saying, and I guess that's probably we're kind of saying the same thing is that I was, it wasn't modeled that asking for help was okay by any of the generations before. Yeah, you're right. They probably did get it. Um And again, it would depend very much on the, the different circumstances and, and all of those things. So I do heed, but it wasn't modeled. It wasn't, I don't remember seeing my mum asking for help or anything like that. And that's the piece that I think is important is that we show our children exactly that that's what we need to be doing. So I think, yeah, I,
1: I think we're totally saying the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I don't think you are challenging me. I think you're actually agreeing with me. <laughs> I think what I'm saying is that I don't think we can say they didn't ask for help, but we certainly didn't see it. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. We, and it wasn't modeled for us. So that's the part yeah. that I'm challenging. I don't, yeah. I'm not encouraging the listener to, hi, listener. I'm not encouraging you to then go back and look at your mum and say, oh, she never asked for help or your grandmother and say, she never asked for help. Because actually we don't, we can't know that for certain. Right. And there will be times and, and if this helps your own process around asking for help, to be able to look back and say when were there times where she may have needed help and it turned up so that we're kind of building that evidence that actually mm-hmm. it's possible, but then we do have the responsibility to take it that step further and model it. not just for our children, I think, but for our friends, for our sisters, for our fa- like for our families. Um, I think it's really important that we, you know, that we accept that there are different, as you just said, different experiences. And what I see in my mum now might look very different from what you see in yours. And so by me being able to model that actually there is potential for that to um, to look different to what you see, it's not saying that what you see is wrong. It's just Mm -hmm. saying, hey, well, you know, what if it was this? Um, and it just provides an opportunity for you to kind of look for the evidence again with different lens, mm. and and so that's kind of what I think I would encourage people to do is have a think about not just where you've had opportunities to ask for help, but where people around you have probably needed help, and look at what happened in response to that, because often we'll see that something has has happened or something has shown up that has provided that without us seeing all of the dots being connected and behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, and I and I think there are people who will naturally try and help people, even if they don't necessarily ask for it. They will actually just try and make things better because that's the sort of, you know, that's what they like to do. So I think there's um there, there's a lot to be said for that. But um, great conversation. Like, ask for help. Be be willing to to be vulnerable, and and that's what it comes down to. It's like it's admitting that you you perhaps don't have all of the answers, and you don't necessarily have all of the the things at the moment. Um, but that's awesome because it means you probably will for somebody else. And if you open the door to asking for help, um, then you're allowing somebody else to do that. You're you're modeling that behavior, which is fantastic. So uh, if you're looking for some help feel free to reach out. Um, We're always willing to have um, conversations with anyone about the things that might be holding them back at the moment. So uh, book a call and we'd love to chat.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of She Is Wise. If you've enjoyed this content, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can drop a review on your favourite podcast platform, share with all your friends, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. To learn more about Awakening the Wise Woman and what we do in the world, head on over to AwakeningTheWiseWoman.com. We look forward to seeing you next week.